Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. As I said, we are continuing this series, Cold Turkey, this morning. Uh, Each week of this series, we're talking about some of the things that we need to quit. Uh, Because it's kind of hard to believe, but the holiday season is here. Which means that for many of us, we have hectic days ahead. There are events to plan, and there are things to buy, and there are people to reach out to, and there are schedules to coordinate. And the truth is, in a season when we're supposed to be thankful and jolly, sometimes the busyness of this time of year leaves us anything but. And so with that in mind, we wanted to be sure to talk about ways that we can walk through these days well. We wanted to spend some time considering not only if we're starting the right things, but more so if we're stopping the right things. And so you remember last week, John and Todd urged us to quit waiting. And we read that amazing scripture from Exodus. You remember the Israelites, they've been freed from slavery and bondage in Egypt. They've been liberated, finally. And so they're running from Pharaoh's army, they're escaping. And then they get to the Red Sea. And what do they do? They complain. What do they do? Honestly, they do nothing. They grumble and they stop and they wait. And so John and Todd encouraged us uh, to quit waiting. Today, we're going to be looking at the story of Mary and Martha in the Gospel of Luke. So if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and pull those out. Uh, If you've got the Bible app uh, on your cell phone or if you've got the WC Life app, Uh, The scripture is always available on there, just a small plug. Um, But this is going to be Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Hear the word of our Lord. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. There's need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Okay, so this is the well-known story of Mary and Martha. Two sisters who approach the same situation in very different ways. And that's what we're going to be looking at. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. The ways in which each sister approaches Jesus entering into their home. So first, we have Martha. Now I want to start off by saying that I think historically, Martha has kind of gotten a bad rap. I'm going to spend some time this morning defending my girl, Martha. We sometimes beat her up for the way that she runs around, cleaning up, making sure that everything is good to go. But I want you to notice something in our scripture. I want you to notice something rather that that isn't in our scripture. I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't shame her. He simply says, your sister Mary, she's chosen better. See, Martha's way isn't bad, it's just okay. 
I think we ought to give Martha some slack. Because let's just imagine for a moment that we were in her shoes. I want you to truly, genuinely imagine this with me. Imagine that the literal Son of God was going to be unexpectedly staying at your house tonight. So we worship this morning, and then you're going to go get your lunch. I think the Cowboys play at 3.30. You watch the Cowboys game, and then it's Jesus. And keep in mind that Martha didn't know well in advance. It's not like Peter was texting her, giving her a heads up. So I want you to imagine Jesus is coming to your house, and not only that, he brought 12 of his closest friends with him. I don't know about y'all, but if 13 people were staying at my house tonight, crashing at my house, I'd be a little stressed. I'd be running around like crazy. I'd be making sure there wasn't underwear on the floor. That, that the counters were wiped down, that the dishes were done. I feel for Martha. She's up on her feet, making sure that the meal's getting prepared, that everybody's comfortable, that, that everything that needs handling is handled. And I think Jesus sees that. Again, that's why he doesn't shame her for being busy or fretting or, or running around the way that she does. Instead, he just points out that in her busyness, she's missed something. He points out to her that, that her rushing around, her fretting, has consequences. And you know what? The same is true for us. My last year of seminary, my schedule was, was crazy. I felt like I was living my life 24-7 in Martha mode. Uh, it was my first year moving on to our pastoral staff, uh, from our student ministry staff. I was trying to figure out a new job. I was finishing up classes at SMU. I was doing lots and lots of ordination paperwork. Uh, and then my wife and I had just moved. Well, I remember one Tuesday that was particularly busy. I had class all morning in Dallas. I was teaching a Bible study at seven. And then after my Bible study, I had a late night meeting up here at the church. And then in between, I had several things that had piled up on my desk. And so the whole day, I was fretting. I was rushing around uh, with my head down in work mode. Well, after this, this meeting, I got caught up talking to some people, as preachers tend to do. And so I didn't end up leaving the church that night until about 10 p.m. Well, when I eventually got to my truck, I realized something. It dawned on me that I had totally forgotten to eat that whole day. So like any good Texan, I went to the Whataburger drive-thru. And I got, of course, a number five plain and dry with a big chocolate milkshake. <laughs> Don't know why you're laughing, that's just a good order at Whataburger. Um, well, I got my food and I was driving home on roof snow. And I was simultaneously devouring my food. And then all of a sudden, I saw red and blue lights flashing behind me. And it was a Keller police officer. He pulled me over and on the side of the road and he got out of his, his car and he walked up to my window and the first thing he said to me was, Sir, how much have you had to drink tonight? <laughs> well, immediately I said, Nothing, officer, not a drop. He asked me where I was coming from and I said, Church? <laughs> and he kind of nodded like, At 10 p.m., I'm, I'm sure, buddy. Then he said, go ahead and step out of the vehicle for me, son. 
And so I did. I got out of my truck and he, and he started performing all of these roadside sobriety tests on me. I had to put my finger on my nose. I had to walk in a straight line. I had to, to, to stand on one foot. And the entire time that's happening, I'm thinking, oh no. Here I am in the middle of Keller, Texas, suspected of DWI, and I'm sure there are White's Chapel members driving by right now. There had to be. I'm sure there are White's Chapel folk driving by right now wondering if their newest young pastor is about to become their former young pastor. Anyway, of course, I, I passed those tests with no problem, and the officer finally noticed my name tag that said Reverend. And he laughed and he said, you really were coming from the church, weren't you? <laughs> and I said, yes, sir, I was. And I explained that I had been working late and that I was irresponsibly eating while driving and that that might explain why I was going too fast or not driving straight enough or whatever it is he pulled me over for. And he was super cool, let me go without a ticket. But here was my big lesson from that night. I needed desperately to slow down not just very literally in my truck, but to slow down in my life. See, I was in such a rush that entire day that I forgot to eat. And because of that, I almost got arrested for driving while under the influence of chocolate milkshake. <laughs> my rushing, my fretting, my busyness had consequences. Now look, I, hopefully you feel this way too, but I don't think I was some terrible person for fretting and rushing around the way that I did that day. And neither is Martha. Like I said, sometimes this story is preached in a way where we, we relegate her to being the bad guy. We consign her to being a bossy busybody. Don't be a Martha. But I think that's a little bit of an oversimplification. Her way is okay. Her heart is in the right place, I think. But it is true that she's missing something. It is true that, that she's losing out on something. And the same is true for all of us fretters, all of us Marthas in the room. It's not that we're committing some terrible sin when we rush around cleaning the house. It's just that Jesus tells us there's a better way. And that's Mary's way. Okay, so let's go back. Martha gets frustrated. She's running around the house, getting everything prepared, and she goes to Jesus and she says, Hey man, can you tell my sister to get up? Can you tell her to actually help? Can you tell her to do something other than just sit there? And here's where it gets even worse. Here's a little bit of context. In this day and age, women weren't supposed to sit at the feet of a rabbi ever. They weren't allowed to be disciples in the same way that men were at this time. And so Martha is thinking, I need to rectify this. I got to get Mary back to work. I got to get her back to doing what she's supposed to be doing. But notice that Jesus flips all that. He says, no. No, there's need of only one thing, Martha. One thing. Mary has chosen better. I'm not going to take that from her. And so we have to wonder, what is the one thing? What is the better part 
that Jesus refers to. Because frankly, Mary doesn't do a whole lot in this scripture. All she does is sit at the feet of Jesus. But maybe that's it. Maybe that's all we need to do sometimes too. See, the better way that Jesus is referring to is the way of slowing down and enjoying, savoring the moments of our lives. Sweet moments with friends and with family, moments with God, that's the better part. And frankly, for so many of us, that's also the much harder part. I struggle, just like I'm sure many of you do, with being like Mary. In October of 2019, I went to visit my own sister uh, in Hawaii. She had been living in uh, Honolulu for a few years. My brother-in-law is uh, an OBGYN in the Army, and they were going to be moving in mid-2020. So we wanted to see their island life before they moved. I also wanted a trip to Hawaii that my parents would pay for. And so <laughs> Hannah and I, my wife and I, and my parents uh, flew over and we had a wonderful visit and we happened to be there on a Sunday. Um, now if you're curious how Methodist pastors vacation, how we party, we find other little Methodist churches to go to and explore. Uh, I know the pastors can relate to that. We're really exciting people, y'all. Um, anyway, we decided to go to the local uh, Methodist church for service. And the closest church to my sister's house was Kealumana United Methodist Church. Well, we looked online and we saw that the service was at 10 a.m. And so, like any good churchgoer, we, we arrived around 9.50. We wanted to make sure we got a seat. Well, we get there and we are very literally the only people there except for the pastor. So we introduced ourselves. We found a seat and 10 a.m. rolled around. And as you can see in this picture, a couple more people showed up. But all in all, there were maybe seven of us. Um, but worship began. And I just kind of shrugged. I thought, okay, you know what? It's a small church. They're having a low week. It happens. So we sang a couple of hymns and the pastor got up and he shared some announcements. And then we sang a couple more hymns. And then about 30 minutes in, he began his sermon. Well, as he was preaching, I noticed that more people were starting to come in. Five or 10 came in around 1040. Around 1050, 15 or 20 more walked in. And as they would walk in, because this kept going and going, the pastor would stop his sermon and greet them each by name. Well, by the end of his sermon, probably, I kid you not, 50 or 60 people had come in between 45 minutes to an hour late. And this sanctuary that very literally had six people in it now had almost 60. And I was floored by this. I thought, why in the world were all of these people so late to church? They had essentially missed the entire service. Why'd they even come? Like I've heard of island time, but this seemed extreme. And honestly, I was a little offended on the pastor's behalf. Well, the service comes to a close around 1130 and we get up to leave and we're walking in the parking lot and I look behind me and the pastor's chasing us down and he stops us and he invited us to stay and eat with them. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, y'all, uh, church for us is just beginning. 
And I was puzzled by that. But then I looked around and I realized that church for them really was just beginning. All of these people had brought food and they were setting up. They weren't leaving for a while. They were having a big old Methodist Hawaiian potluck. And I saw all of these families pulling out dishes that they'd brought and they were, they were intermingling and they were laughing and, and they were hugging and they were patting each other on the back and I, I could hear them checking on each other. Well, come to find out, they did this every single Sunday. Here I was, so confused as why they would even come to church if they were going to miss the service, until I saw that church for them wasn't just the service. And I realized in that moment, they chose the better part. Church for them was the community and the conversation that happened after the service. It was the intimate moments of sitting at each other's feet, listening to one another the way that Mary does with Jesus in our scripture. That was church. Just like Mary, they chose relationship over rushing. They chose friendship over fretting. They chose listening over lists. They chose the better way of Mary. See, Mary didn't want to miss the best thing, the main thing. And that's exactly why we need to quit fretting cold turkey. Because buzzing around and, and fretting and rushing like Martha can cause us to miss those sacred moments that Mary was getting to experience that day. You know, um, every time I read this scripture, I always have this thought. I always wonder, what was Jesus talking to Mary about? Were they cracking jokes? Were they just talking about their week? Were they evaluating ancient Near Eastern restaurants? Was he teaching her? In the very next set of verses, chapter 11 begins, and Jesus shares the Lord's Prayer with the disciples. He teaches them how to pray, a prayer that we all still pray. I wonder, was he sharing that with her? We don't know. But what we do know is that Mary, whatever it was, didn't want to miss a second of it. Not a second. And that's the better way. But there's actually one more way that I want us to look at today, and it's the best way. And of course, who else? It's the way of Jesus. See, Jesus goes one step further than Mary did. Not only does he slow down, not only does he spend that intentional time with those in front of him, he also invites Martha to do the same. And I think that may be the best way. Because that's the one thing Mary didn't do. Notice in our scripture, Mary didn't stop her sister and say, Martha, relax. Hey, I'll, I'll help you out with all of that later, I will. But right now we have an opportunity to sit down and have one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. This guy's awesome. Come sit with us. What are you doing? Set that down. Come on. 
Martha, or Mary doesn't do that. But Jesus does. You know, I love the fact that in our scripture, Jesus says her name twice. Martha. Martha. I feel like I can, I can almost hear the sweet compassion in his voice. Like he's gently shaking his head side to side and smiling at her. Martha, Martha, slow down. Martha, Martha, take a seat. Martha, Martha, come join us. Come be with us. Jesus' way is the best way. And it's a way that we need to be sure we don't forget in this season. Because you know what? I would venture a, a pretty confident guess that all of us are going to have a moment or many moments when we need someone to do that for us. When we need someone to say our name twice and invite us to take a deep breath. We're going to need someone to say, Kyle, Kyle, Judy, Judy, Lisa, Lisa, stop. That can wait. It's okay. Come sit with me. Set that down. Come enjoy this moment. Church, we need to encourage one another to stop our fretting cold turkey. We need to be willing to invite each other to stop and eat something so that we don't get pulled over on the side of the road in Keller. So that we'll stop judging and join the Methodist Hawaiian potluck. Let's do that for each other. Because Jesus did that for Martha. And you know what? We read this text, all of us read this text today, and, and I believe that he's still doing that for all of us right now, today. He's still doing it for you. He is speaking to each one of us today, and he is sweetly saying our name twice. And he is urging us to choose the better part and to invite others to do the same. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, we confess that we are a room full of fretters. Lord, we all have moments when we get stuck on the minutia, when we get stuck on all of the things that need to be done and all of the boxes that need to be checked and all of the details. And Lord, we realize that maybe in those moments we've missed something better. Lord, my prayer for us this morning, for every person in this room, for every person watching online, is that you would remind us in those moments to set down the broom or the washcloth or the car keys or the grocery bag. God, whatever it is, we don't want to miss those sweet moments. Moments with, with our friends. Moments with our children or our grandchildren or our parents or our brothers or our sisters. God, you, you have given us so much. We are such a blessed people. And one of the greatest blessings of our lives is those sweet, holy, and sacred moments that surround us every day. So Lord, open our eyes this morning. 
Help us to see them. Help us to see you in everything. Help us to choose the one thing, the better part. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.